I want to finish up the series today uh, on, on simply called Have You Received? And so if you've missed the first or the second session, I'd encourage you to go back and, and watch it um, because a lot of it is foundational for what I'm going to cover today. And it's real easy to watch on our app. If you just download the app on your phone, man, the sermons are right there. You can watch them and you can listen to them when you're driving or whatever. Don't watch them when you're driving, please. But you can listen to them when you're driving and, uh, or when you're exercising or whatever the case may be. They're right there. Uh, but today I want to jump into part three. And so a lot of the foundation from parts one and two we're going to mention today. Um, and so why does, like, what is the, what is the reason? I mean, you know, like a lot of churches focus on Pentecost once a year. And for us, Pentecost is, is, is a weekly thing. It's a daily thing. And so, you know, why is that? I mean, why is that important? And so, like, last week we talked about it. In, in 1900, there were zero Pentecostals in the world. Zero. None. Uh, and today, there are about 700 million Pentecostals in the world. We consider ourselves Pentecostals. What you experience today uh, was Pentecostal-style worship, even though we were down instruments today. Uh, it was still Pentecostal-style worship. We're, we're reaching out to, the, to, to God. We're expecting the Holy Spirit to move back to us. It's not just a concert. It's not just a monologue. It's a dialogue between God and us. And that's what Pentecostalism is. And so uh, as uh, Pastor John, as he gave a prophetic word this morning, that's a prophetic word. That is a, a gift of the Spirit. And so Holy Spirit is moving. You know, there are people up here praying. There are people in the seats praying. Even that song we sang, you know, when the Holy Spirit moves on us, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it moves us to tears, you know. And, and it, he, he definitely comes to allay our fears in our lives. And so uh, God is, is here in the presence of Holy Spirit to minister to us. And so why is that important to us today? And we said last week and the week before, an old minister was asked, do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? Of course, the answer is no. Uh, but the minister, you know, he got a, a sort of a glint in his eye and he said, no, but I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. And the reality is we need his presence and his power on a daily basis. So it's not just to get to heaven, but it's for right now. The Holy Spirit's power is given to us for today, for now, as well as for heaven. It's good. So what are the purposes of this power? And a lot of churches don't focus on this. And so theoretically, you could get saved. Like the, churches, like the church in Ephesus when Paul came there, you can get saved and not even know about the Holy Spirit and live your entire life and then die and go to heaven. But God has sent us something that's even more powerful than just salvation. It's, it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's this enablement that the Holy Spirit gives us. And so, you know, think about it. The disciples, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, they still were sort of cowardly. But on the day of Pentecost, man, the power of God fell. And so we're going to talk about that power today. What is the purpose of that power? Number one uh, that comes to my mind is the purpose of God's power, the Holy Spirit's power in us, is to be able to do good. I mean, you know, how, how good would our world be if more people just did good, right? And, um, and so that's one of the main purposes of this. And, and Peter talks about this when he goes to Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, and he gives testimony of Jesus. In verse 38 of Acts 10, he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And so he's anointed. Remember, at his, at his baptism, the Holy Spirit comes down like a, like a dove and the light's on him. And so Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? But he's also filled with power. And so what does that look like? All right, it says he went about doing good. He went about doing good. And that is one of the chief things about Christ is wherever he went, he did good to people. You know, 
And then, of course, it goes on. It says, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And I want you to know, when you're filled with the Spirit, you could do the same thing. You could do, number one, you could do good. And number two, you could heal all those who were oppressed by the devil. Because God's power is with you, you know, isn't it? Now, how does it work in us primarily? Number one, it works by changing our words. He changes our words. Isn't it interesting that of all the things God chooses, I mean, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a lot more fun maybe if God chose, when he filled someone with the Holy Spirit, they begin to dance wildly. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, it would be a lot more visual at least, you know. And it, it would, I would be recording services all the time, you know, if that was the case. So, uh, But, but when, when the Holy Spirit comes on us, he affects our words. He changes our words. So literally when a person gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in tongues. They, they speak in their what we call a prayer language. Their words are changed. So when I pray in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know because it's God's words that we're saying. And so um, it, I don't have to know because it's, it's all on God on that. And so God changes our words. And it's interesting because how many of you know if there's anything that needs to change in us, it's probably our words more than anything else, right? Uh, because how, is there anybody else in this room besides the guy on the platform uh, that sort of gets in trouble by what he says? Is there anybody else? All right. Right. And so and some of you are really good at it. Some of you, have, you've got like a doctorate in getting in trouble with your words. OK, like you're a professional on that. And so um, and so of all the things for God to choose, I mean, he chooses our words. And it's really an incredible thing, you know, and it's interesting. If you look at the initial evidence of people in the, in the, in the in, in biblical times being filled with the spirit of God, it is always the initial evidence is them speaking in tongues in Acts chapter two. The believers, 120, filled with the Spirit, spake, spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 4, the, the apostles, they're praying, they're filled with the Spirit, they speak in tongues. Acts chapter 8, the Samaritans, Philip goes to minister to the Samaritans, the Samaritans get saved. Peter and John come down from Jerusalem, lay hands on them, they speak in tongues. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, the Gentiles, uh, Peter preaches to them in Acts chapter 10. And they get saved, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. Acts chapter 19, an evangelical church that existed. A good Baptist church. It existed. And, and, and Paul comes to them and says, hey, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They're like, we don't even know what you're talking about. Paul lays hands on them, and all 12 guys in that room received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all speak in tongues. So this is the norm from Scripture that it happens. And it's interesting. It's a uniform experience all around the world. So that in, um, let's see, so, uh, so, so Ling, Ling. All right, so when you lived in, um, when you lived in, in Indonesia, were you saved when you lived there? Okay, did you go to a church that was Pentecostal? Did those people that were Pentecostal, when the Holy Spirit fell on them, and it, I, didn't, I didn't ask her ahead of time, just so you know, so I'm, this is dangerous. All right, so, so when, when the Holy Spirit fell on the people in Indonesia, did they begin to speak in tongues? Yeah. Did it sound like the way you would me speak in tongues? What's that? Similar. Yeah. There's a similarity throughout the world. Now, obviously, obviously, a person from Indonesia speaks a different language than us, but when they speak in tongues, they're not speaking in Indonesian. And so in the early service, there was somebody from Kazakh. It sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? I'm going to call upon, because it's, it's, it used to be, it, it's like, it used to be Southern uh, Soviet Union and uh, in Kazakh. And so I asked her, I said, 
did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Kazakh? She said, yes. And I said, did you speak in tongues? Yeah, just like you speak in tongues now. Absolutely. She's here in the United States. It's a uniform experience all around the world. When Pentecostals get filled with the Spirit, it's the same all around the world. You know? Because it's not from man, it's from God. And so it doesn't matter what your language is. I mean, the reality is in Africa, people are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're, getting, they're speaking in tongues. In, in South America, the same is happening. In Asia, in Europe, it's happening. In, in North America, it's happening. It's, it's, it's what it is. In, in 1900, like, did I say that there were zero Pentecostals now? Uh, in in uh, 2021, there were over 700 million Pentecostals in the world. Over 700 million. It's amazing. Let me tell you, God is pouring himself out without a question. All right? Um, there's a man by the name of Ernest Gentile. He says this, Tongues initiates a prophetic gush of inspired worship and causes the heart to soar in adoration and worship unattainable by human needs, means, creating the fruit of the lips. In 1 Corinthians 14, uh, this is part of our personal prayer language that God gives us. Verse 14 says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I shall pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And so as a believer, there's, there's opportunities for both. And so I can pray in the spirit. I can pray with the understanding. I can sing in the spirit, sing in the understanding. They're both good. They're both good. And so when I pray in the spirit, though I don't know what I'm saying, but and, and, and what does that matter? Because in Romans chapter 8, as we talked about last week, the spirit intercedes through us. And so when we pray in the Spirit, we don't know what we're praying, but God knows what he's praying. And so that's why it's so powerful in our lives. In Romans 8, 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And so there are times when we don't know what to pray for or about or how to pray even, when we pray in the Spirit, it just, God takes care of all that. And our prayers are absolutely perfect when we pray in the Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit praying through us. It's God literally praying. And so it's, it's a wonderful thing, how wonderful it is. Tongues are part of the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 2, verse 39, Peter says this. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, tongues are good for those people, but they're not good for me. Well, it's available for all. All right, it's not, it's not just for some. And I remember some people are like, well, I sought the baptism, but God didn't give it to me, so it's not for me. No, it's for you. It's for everyone. Just like salvation is for everyone, but not everybody receives it. You know, the baptism is for everyone, but not everybody receives it. But it's available for all. All right, and so this, this prayer language, this power of God is available. In Acts chapter 2, verse 39, Peter says this, the promises to you and your children and to all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so that includes all of us here today as well, all right? Um, the uh, prayer language, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is very similar to what Pastor John did this morning in giving a prophetic word. Um, if, he, if he gave his prophetic word in the Spirit and, and, and used a prayer language to do it, that would be the gift of tongues. So I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in, in April of 1974, so that is, I can't. I, I did the math, and you're, that's 48 years. So for 48 years, I've, uh, you know, I, I've, I've experienced this, and so that that blows my mind. All right, and and so and and so when I first started, it was very awkward. It was very un, you know, it didn't flow very well. But now it's so much. It, it, it comes so easy now. But I've been doing it for 48 years. 
If you do something for 48 years and it doesn't come easy, you're in trouble. All right? You know? And, and so, uh, uh, but, but in all those times, I've never been using the gift of tongues in a church. Never. It's not one of the gifts I've received. But I do have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the gift of the prayer language that's available for all people. Okay? All right. Uh, let's move on here then. So, um, number two, what's, what else is the power? Why is this? What is the purpose of this power God gives us? Number two is power to be a witness, and that's to live and speak. Now listen, for many people, this is a turnoff to the Holy Spirit because people are like, well, I don't want to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit because then I'm going to have to go out and do witnessing. Let me, let me, just, let me just, just negate that completely in your life, all right? That is not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about power to be a witness. So listen to this. So if you... If you have body odor, all right, if you stink, right, um, do people notice it? Yeah. I mean, if you live in a tent and you live out in the woods and you want to stink, that's fine. But if you live in a house with other people, um, you have got to keep yourself clean because you're aroma affects other people, right? I knew a guy that had, like, he just had bad breath. He had halitosis, you know, and so he just had bad breath. He was a nice guy, and he'd come and he started talking to you, and he'd be like, nah, 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 nah. and, like, he'd be like, ooh, 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 hmm. Have you ever been there? How many of you have ever had that bad breath yourself, you know what I mean? Like, you eat a tuna hoagie full of onions or something, and then you go to talk to somebody, and they're like, oh, just stop, Right? And so, listen, I want you to get this. When you get filled with the Spirit of God, when you walk into a room, the aroma of the Spirit of God goes with you. And so you don't have to go into that room and go, oh, i got to talk to these people about Jesus. i got to share Jesus. Listen, you can't help but bring Jesus with you when the Spirit of God is in you. Because the aroma of Christ just exudes out of you. But I was, you know, uh, when Thomas was playing baseball, I used to help coach his teams, every, every, you know, until he got to high school, and I, I couldn't coach the high school team. But uh, a lot of times I would be in the dugout with the, with the score, you know, with, with the, the book, the record book, and so I'd be sitting in there. And then so all the, all the children, all the kids, the young people, whatever, they would come in, and, and there were guys, there were a couple girls on his team, there were Jewish kids on his team as well, you know, and so uh, they, uh, they, I never said to them, hey, just so you guys know, I'm a pastor. I never mentioned that. Now, Thomas might have told, uh, his, his friends might have said to him, like, what does your dad do? Uh, at one point, they thought I actually played on the Red Barons. I mean, how does that get started? Like, somebody said to me, how are you here? Don't you have a game tonight? I go, this is my game tonight, you know. <laughs> and how'd that even get started? I have no idea. And uh, the Red Barons would stink if I played on them. That's all I can say. And um, so I... But I, would, I would never announce them. I would be sitting in a dugout, and they'd be coming in and everything, at least every other game. Do you know what ended up, we ended up talking about? God. I never brought him up. Never, never once brought him up. But, you know, listen, when you're filled with the Spirit of God and people get around you, all of a sudden they start asking questions. You know? Why would you not want to be filled with the Spirit of God? I mean, why would you want to be filled with other things? And sometimes we get so full. I mean, how many of you have been around people that are Christians? They're so full of themselves, there's no room for the Spirit of God. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I want to be full of the Spirit. So when I walk into a room, it's not me that walks into the room. There's even preachers. They're all about themselves. 
You know what I mean? What is that? I want to be full of the Spirit. You know, and so when I come into a room, it's not me that people see, although it's pretty hard to miss this pile of, you know, but you know what I mean? I mean, when I come in, but it's, it's wonderful that the Spirit of God is there to be able to, to exude from us. And so when you go somewhere and the Spirit of God is with you, you're not going to have to worry about, well, how do I witness? It's just going to happen, you know, because people are going to ask questions. People are going to want to know, you know. Number three. This is an incredible power of, 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 of one of these powerful purposes that God fills us with his spirit is for fellowship. And, and we forget this. And this is interesting. A lot of churches today focus on the grace of, of, of Christ. And that's awesome. And the grace of God is great. And grace is wonderful. You know, the reality that God's grace, you know, his forgiveness, the love that he shows to us is awesome. And, and Paul, as he closes out to this very Pentecostal church, in the second book that he writes to them, he says to them in verse 14, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. I mean, think about it. Jesus just shows us his grace. He's hanging on the cross to forgive us of our sins. God sends his son. He loves us, and he sends his son, he sends his son to die on the cross for us. But we forget that there's more than just that. And what is it? In verse 14, there he says it. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So there is a fellowship that we actually have with Holy Spirit. There is a walking and talking relationship that we experience with Holy Spirit as he is filling us, as we're full of him, as we allow him to fill us. There's a fellowship that's there. It's not just the knowledge of grace. And the knowledge of grace is awesome. And many churches got that down pat. The knowledge of grace, they can talk about it until kingdom come. The love of Jesus Christ, oh, it's there. There's no question about it. The love of the Father, oh, it's there. But the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. There are times when life stinks and you know all about grace and you know all about love, but you need fellowship. You need Jesus by his spirit to be right with you. You need the Father by the spirit to be right with you, right where you're at. When you're in a ditch, grace doesn't really sound so promising. But when God is with you in that ditch, that's a different story. That's the fellowship that the Holy Spirit has for us. Why would we not want that? Number four, there's comfort, instruction, and joy in our lives through the Holy Spirit. We used to sing a song uh, about Pentecost that said, Oh, spread the tidings round wherever man is found. The comforter has come. Oh, those songs are tough, man, let me tell you. And, um, and so, like, when I was a kid, I was like, so we're singing about a blanket. Right? I mean, what do you got on your bed? A comforter. And so we're singing about the blanket. The blanket has come. No, 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 no. Isn't it funny? Like, like um, today, people use weighted blankets. Do any of you like a weighted? That would be like torture for me, just so you know. Like a... Like, so, Laura, if you want to torture me, just put a weighted blanket on the bed. I mean, as it is sometimes, she likes her she likes her blankets. And so sometimes she has, like, two or three of them on the bed there, you know what I mean? And what happens through the night is I'm throwing those things off. But they have weighted blankets now. And so, evidently, the weight of that of that blanket makes you feel not just warm, but what? Comforted. Secure. Right? And isn't it something that, that Holy Spirit would be referred to as a comforter? You know? Like a weighted blanket on you. 
the presence of God, like the kabod of God really is a, it literally means the waste of his presence. And so there's a presence of God that can be like a weight on you, not a weight to drag you down, but a weight to make you feel content and secure. And Holy Spirit is all about that. John talks about it in his gospel as he quotes Jesus. And there's four, uh, four passages here in John. In 14:16, he says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter so that he may be with you forever. 14:26. but the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Verse 15, verse 26, and when the comforter is come, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. 16.7, but I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then Romans 14.17 says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so when the angels uh, talked about the birth of Christ and they said tidings of comfort and joy... Yes, that came true through Christ. But then when Christ goes back to heaven, he sends another comforter that brings tidings of comfort and joy to all people, to everyone. I mean, when Jesus was on this earth, he could only be in one place at one time. Holy Spirit lives in all of us. He's with us all completely, all the time. And so we have that comfort, that joy, that instruction that Jesus promised. We have that with us all the time. What a great promise that is from God, right? And so I'm, I'm going to ask even right now, if, if, you've, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if, if you have that prayer language, even now, just quietly begin to, start, begin to start praying that prayer language right where you're at, just quietly. You know, you can listen to the rest of my sermon too. That's great. But, but I, just, I just want you to sort of, let's stir that up a little bit in this church a little bit. I mean, the Holy Spirit has been really moving powerfully already, but let's, let's stir up that gift that God has given us a little bit in our own lives. Reinhard Bonnke talks about this. And Reinhard Bonnke is a, I believe he's Dutch or German or whatever, and he is a, a huge evangelist in Africa. He goes and he does these huge meetings in Africa. He's a Pentecostal. And so he talks about this idea of, uh, of this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he says this, tongues occur when the will of God and the will of man come into balance. Isn't that something? I mean, this is a guy who literally stands, he stands before, I think, he's, I think he passed away now, I think. Is, is it Reinhard Bonnke that passed away, right? Um, he literally stood before millions of people, and, and he would minister the power of God before millions of people, and he says that, that tongues, the baptism in the Holy Spirit appears when the will of God and the will of man come into balance. In other words, when you get into the place you need to be, when you're balanced in God, like, you know how it is when you have a tire that's out of balance and you, you go above 45, 50 miles an hour, and all of a sudden your car is like, I mean, that's not fun, you know? And so when your life is in balance, when it's truly in balance, tongues is the result of that. It says all the other spiritual gifts can be done with dignity and propriety, even majestically, but tongues is humbling and undignified. It appears that we are losing control. Let me just say this. Um, I, so I, I've, been, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit since 1974. God has never made me do anything I did not want to do. All right? And so a lot of people are like, well, I don't, want, I don't, I don't need the Holy Spirit because it might make me do something I don't want to do. Well, g- come on, get over yourself, number one. Number two, well, God might send me to India or to Africa. Well, is God speaking to you about that now? I mean, why aren't you listening to him? 
you know, if, if the Lord wants you to go to India or Africa, just go to India or Africa. I mean, you're not, it's not like you're going to run away from God, you know. So he's not going to make you do something. Well, I don't want to look undignified. Just look around the room right now. All right? You know, y'all aren't as dignified as some of you think you are, okay? All right? I mean, no offense, but, and I put myself into that as well. Uh, listen, it's not, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, God's not going to make you look foolish uh, in what you do. I mean, it, it's, uh, it is what it is, all right? Um, he says five things. Number one, they're an utterance in prayer for needs we cannot express ourselves and do not know how to pray. They enable us to sense the presence of God and know that he's bending to hear us. That's awesome. When we pray in the Spirit, there's this revelation inside of us. Listen, God is hearing what we're saying because God is literally praying through us, all right? Number two, he says this, and this was, this was really important for him in, in Africa. He says that in, when we pray in the Spirit, um, demon hindrance is overcome. I mean, think about this. I mean, I know, I know people who are Pentecostals that are afraid of demons. What is that? I mean, there are people that have come into this church and they're like, there's demons all over the church. Well, let me tell you, we start praying in the Spirit. Those demons are getting out of here fast. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, the power of God. And, and why are you so weak? And why is the Spirit of God so weak inside of you that demons don't mind being around you? Because, I mean, if you've got the Spirit of God in you, there's no demons that are going to be hanging around you. You've got the Holy Spirit there. It's God himself. And you're worried about some little imp? Give me a break. Oh, well, that sounds really spiritual. People that talk like that sound really spiritual. Because that, that is, that is what, uh, what James talks about. It's the wisdom that comes from, from below. It's uh, earthly, sensual, and demonic. It sounds good. It sounds powerful. Oh, it sounds, oh, you're really holy if you talk like that. Well, that's demonic talk, actually. That's sensual talk. It feels good to the flesh. There's no truth in it whatsoever. There's, there's, I don't care if, if you, you assembled every demon that ever existed and you have one spirit-filled believer, that spirit-filled believer is more powerful than all of those demons. That's the word of God, right? Number three, when our minds can no longer concentrate, our spirit prays. I mean, that, come on, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I'm praying, I, I, I just, I'm distracted. I don't, what, I don't know what to pray about. I pray in the spirit, it's taken care of, you know? There are times when I have to pray with the understanding as well, but, man, there are times when we can pray in the Spirit. Number four, we can pray in tongues when we are otherwise having to concentrate upon some mechanical task, such as driving a car. So you can, you can, you can speak in tongues. Maybe you should be speaking in tongues more when you're driving, you know, and, uh, and, and stop doing those, like, salutes you're doing to those people who cut you off, like the old New York salute maybe, you know, or whatever you're doing, all right? And, uh, but, again, please do not, do not pray in tongues with your eyes closed when you're driving your car, Okay. All right, that would that would be very uh, that would, that would not be very smart to do. All right, and uh, uh, but you can do that. You can, you can even when you're in your car, you know, you can do that. And then finally, number five, we edify ourselves. We talked about that the first, two weeks ago. Uh, Jude says that build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. And so when we pray in the spirit, we build ourselves up. I, finally, this morning, seven reasons I've taken from seventy reasons for speaking in tongues by Bill Heyman. Um, number one, the manifestation that came with the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, was speaking in tongues. That's the biblical understanding of it. Number two, Jesus commanded us to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. He breathed on his disciples as receive the Holy Spirit. Number three, 
A spirit language is the greatest gift the Holy Spirit can give a believer. You might say, well, I thought Jesus is the greatest gift. We're talking to a believer. You've already got Jesus, you know? So what, what does the Holy Spirit give you? The Holy Spirit gives you. Remember, uh, even John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said that there, was, that there was a second, he called it a second act of grace. That the first act of grace is salvation, but there was something more that God had. And, in, and he wasn't a Pentecostal because it didn't happen at that point. But he said that even in his heart, there was a, a, a strange warming that took place as the Holy Spirit moved on him. He didn't know what exactly how it was to look like because it was before the second outpouring of Pentecost in 1901. You know, but, but he understood that. And so this is the gift that God gives us. It's this gift of, of the Holy Spirit enabling us, empowering us, giving us what we need as a believer. And then as well, listen. You're like, well, I don't know. People are going to think I'm a fanatic. Oh, do you really care what people think? I mean, why are you so insecure in yourself that really what other people think about you really matters that much? I mean, if someone's going to think you're a fanatic, well, I, I guarantee any single one of you, I could take you to some people who know you, and we could, I could, if, if I push them, I could find that they think of, they think some pretty strange things about you. All right, am I right? I mean, in fact, they may be nice to your face, but behind your face, they're saying some other things. You know what I'm saying? It's just how people are. And at the same time, folks today are so hungry for the supernatural, they're turning to tarot cards, they're turning to astrology, they're turning to Wicca, they're turning to fortune tellers, they're turning to spiritists, to witches and warlocks, they're going to all this stuff. And, and, and then there's, that's not even talking about all the people that are just, well, I'm on a spiritual journey. Or like, who is it? The guy from DC Talk. He's like, I, I'm not, I'm not an evangelical anymore. I'm just like an ex, ex, ex evangelical. Oh, big whoop! Who cares? When these, when these important people, you know, they, they, they have to tell us who cares about their spiritual journey. If they, if they want to, if they want to screw their lives up, hey, listen, they can go for it and do it. But God is willing to pour Himself out on people who are hungry. He's still doing it all around the world. It's happening. Why not be part of it? Number five, praying. Uh, oh, number four, our spirit language enables us to have spirit-to-spirit communication with God. That's an awesome thing. It's a direct line right to God. How cool is that? Number five, praying in our spirit language is the main way we fulfill the script, scriptural admonition to pray without ceasing. Because, I mean, you just, you just run out of things to say eventually, right? Number six, but that fellowship with the Holy Spirit is always there. He's always with us, you know? Number six, the Holy Spirit directs our spirit language to pray in accordance with the will of God. And we talked about that from Romans chapter 8. Number seven, praying in tongues quiets the mind. This is one of the really incredible things. Like, they've done studies of people who have, uh, who have been, you know, praying in tongues. And in their brains, their brains, as they pray in tongues, the brains actually, the brain activity actually starts to decrease. You know? Yeah, it is awesome. Um, how many of you... You need your brain activity to decrease a little bit. I mean, some of you are thinking, no, they need their brain activity to increase, okay? But you know what I'm saying? When your mind is, is, is just compacted with everything on it, why not, give something to you, why not give something to help your mind sort of just chill out, just relax out, you know? And they discovered that, that speaking in tongues does that. It's an incredible thing. And so this morning... It's a few minutes before we're going to dismiss. And so, listen, we talked about this for three weeks. 
And so some of you have been seeking, maybe in, in your times of prayer and, and stuff, you've been seeking to, you know, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this promise of God. And we want to give you opportunity to actually, we're going to actually be so bold as to give you an opportunity to come and forward and receive today. And so what I'm going to ask is Pastor Heather is going to, uh, she's going to play some uh, some songs here. And uh, uh, as she does, um, I'm going to ask, number one, if you are, if, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's current in your life. You know what I'm saying? Um, if that's you, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. That's to come forward and to just begin to pray. You don't have to pray out. You don't have to scream, but just begin to pray in the spirit. So if you would do that, just get up right where you're at and come and just begin to pray here in the front. All right? And and because I want us to set the atmosphere for what God wants to do in people's lives, and, and as well, isn't it something? I mean, like. There's an assortment of people that are coming forward here. It's not just all the same kind of person that's here. I mean, there's, I'm not going to start saying because I'll say something wrong, but there's variety here, okay? And so as you guys just, just, just begin to just begin to pray in the Spirit, that's all. And none of them are like doing anything really weird, you know? But if you're if you if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want to receive it, then you come forward as well. And we just want we just want you to just join us, and we're just going to begin to pray. And um, and, and and hey, if you want if you want somebody to lay hands on you, you're like, so sister, if you want somebody to lay hands, do you want somebody to lay hands on you and walk you into that? Do we have some ladies? Maybe they could talk to my sister here about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, Karen, thank you. Yes, Ellen, thank you. That's good. Anyone else? Anyone else just want to receive that that promise of the Father uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to receive the power from on high? Are you looking? Diane, are you? Thank you. That's awesome. That's good. That's it. Again, this isn't, this isn't, there's nothing wacky going on here. Nobody's barking like a dog. There's not, you know, nobody's mooing like a cow or anything like that. This is just it's just people just using the, this power of God that God has given them. <clears throat> Jean, Sally, uh, maybe, uh, would you, Sally, would you like somebody to pray with you about that? Yes? We have a lady maybe that would go and talk with Sally here. All right. Jean, Jean, would you like someone to talk with you as well? Mary, that's awesome. All right, that's great. You don't have to. Yeah, oh, yeah, Don and Gloria. All right, Don and Gloria. Um, can we have maybe, is it possible, maybe... Uh, um, Mary, why don't you talk to Don and Gloria there? And Dave, you guys are right here. Talk to them a little about that. Just lay hands on them. Begin to pray for them right now. You guys, just hang with me just for a few minutes here. Just hang with me just for a couple minutes. Because, listen, we've talked about this. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, and that's awesome. But if we can't experience Pentecost, why talk about it, right? And so as a church, we're, and, and I'm not, you guys who are, just, you guys just pray with me if you would. That would be awesome. And pray for these ones that have come forward that want to receive this gift, all right? It's awesome. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your gift that's given to us as you sent the Holy Spirit down. We thank you that it's power for us right for today. It's not something that's, that is uh, just flashy or showy, but it's, it's power for our lives. We thank you that it gives us an opportunity and an ability to speak with you and to see the power of God exhibited in us, O oh God. So I pray, Lord, for these ones that have come forward 
that are seeking to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you just baptize them today, cover them today, let them experience the fullness of the power of God in what you promised us. We believe it's for today. We believe you still have a plan for mankind, that you still speak to hearts and lives today. So we thank you for it. Thank you for the supernatural power that it brings into our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for all that you do through us, oh God. And as you're here, if you want to receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit, just believe in your heart, open your mouth, begin to praise God with your mouth, begin to just open up your, uh, you know, God's not going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit if your, if your lips are sealed. And so just open your mouth, begin to praise Him, and then see if God doesn't do something spectacular in your life as well. Thank you. That's right. Right. He's welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our heart longs for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory god is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence lord hallelujah yes overcome us lord with your presence in this place oh god fill us oh lord with you yes presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we're not asking for anything for ourselves. We're asking, Lord, that you would fulfill your promise in us, O oh God, that we might receive this, Lord, to live out a life that is dedicated to you completely, O oh Lord. Full of power, full of anointing, full of your grace, full of mercy, so that, Lord, we can impart it to others around us as well. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. No matter where you are, there's always more. No matter what state, state you're in right now, you can be in a good spot with God. There's always more. He has more for you. He'll pour it out upon you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God the opportunity to move in people's lives. He's good. Hallelujah. Yes. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware presence let us experience the glory of your goodness 
Hallelujah. Let you guys out in the congregation stand with me if you would. Let's, if you feel comfortable, raise your hands and just let's sing it out and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for enabling us. Thank you for sending us forth with power. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence. presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. So I would encourage everybody in the days to come, is just listen, challenge your own heart and say, Lord, what more do you have for me? What is there something you have for me beyond where I am right now? In your own times of prayer, whether there are few or whether there are many, Say, Lord, I give myself to you to, for whatever you have for me. Would you fill me with your power in a greater way? Maybe where you're at right now is good, but God has more. There's more for you. You know, maybe you, you feel like, hey, I'm in a good place right now spiritually. That's awesome, but God has more. There's always more. So don't be afraid to ask for more. Don't be afraid to seek him for more in these days to come. If the Lord did something in your life today, if he touched you, if maybe you, maybe you did receive the baptism of the Spirit. Maybe you felt like something quickened inside of you. Tell somebody about it today. Let somebody know what God has done in your life. And, uh, and uh, I know the Lord will bless you. Thank you guys for being here today. Thank you, congregation. I pray a God's blessing on you. Let me pray and bless you today as we transition here out of here. If you want to stay and pray, Pastor Heather will play for a few more minutes. You can stay and pray if you want to. If God is breaking through on your behalf, the rest of the church, I'll dismiss you. We could go here in just a moment, but I want to pray and bless you for this Memorial Day weekend. Lord, I thank you for these people. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that Jesus, you would fill them with all with all goodness from God, empowerment, Lord. And Lord, for each of us, oh God, no matter where we are, help us to go deeper in you. Help us to go further in you. May we seek you in a greater way in these days to come. Fill us, oh God, with your power that we need for each day. Grant it to us, O God. Encourage us and help us to go forth. As we go forth, may we bear your fragrance with us into a world that needs to know that God is alive, loves them, and he's real. Jesus, fill your people this day and make us a blessing in greater ways. Bless each family now as they celebrate this Memorial Day weekend. We pray your blessing upon them and your faithfulness in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. If you want to continue.